Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. The first time I realized that Jesus took the absolute penalty, punishment, all of it for my sins, that was freedom for me. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today is the beginning of my fourth and final week of teaching on Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God. I've not only got this in book form, but we have this study guide, which is the same material that's in the book, but it's reformatted so that you can disciple other people. And there's actually a contact in here where you can go and, and get PDF downloads of all of the material in here so that you can print out the questions and do a, like a Bible study or a Sunday school class. Then I also have CDs and DVDs, and this coming Friday is going to be my last day to offer these materials here on our television program. So I encourage you to please call or write and receive these materials. Uh, I guarantee you they'll change your life. I've been teaching from Romans 1.21 that talks about four progressive things that people do to diminish God's influence in their life. And the first thing is they don't glorify God the way they should. That means to place the proper value on Him. They exalt the word or the opinion or the influence of other people or things higher than God. The second thing is they aren't thankful, which includes a lot of things, but it goes back to memory. They aren't rehearsing. They don't remember the goodness of God. And what I was talking about all last week was imagination. It says that if you don't glorify God the way you should, and if you are not thankful, then the, your imagination just becomes vain. That doesn't mean that your imagination quits working, because you can't not imagine. If this is the first program that you've heard, most people don't use the word imagination very much, and when they do, they think about fantasy. But imagination is something that each one of us uses every moment of every day. You can't think without an imagination. You think in pictures. And anyway, I've already said some of those things. I'm not going to go back through it. Uh, let me talk about what I believe is one of the biggest mistakes being made in the body of Christ today, and that is spiritual warfare. Now, I am not against spiritual warfare. I believe that the Bible teaches that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, and I believe that. I believe that there's a lot more going on in the spiritual realm than what most people give credit to. So I am not against spiritual warfare, but I'm against spiritual warfare the way that it's primarily taught. There's entire groups of people that are believing that there's these demonic powers out there. I've actually heard stories of people renting airplanes so that they could get up in high places and rebuke demons and do stuff like that. And that is just foolish. Forgive me for being blunt, but that is absolutely foolish. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, this is a spiritual warfare scripture. And look at this. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, 
and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So this is definitely a spiritual warfare scripture, but look what your weapons do. They cast down imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. The war in the Christian life, it is a spiritual battle. It is spiritual warfare, but it's not out there in the heavenly someplace. It's right between your ears. It's in thoughts and imaginations is what this is saying. So, yes, I believe that imaginations are, can be powerful in a positive way. That's what I was teaching last Friday. A positive imagination is what the Bible calls hope, and hope is a powerful, powerful force. A negative imagination is what the Bible is referring to right here, and you have to cast those things down. And this scripture says they are strongholds. That means it's a fortification. And, you know, I kind of... Uh, uh, referred to this briefly last week a little bit, but if you've been trained a certain way, you've been brought up to think that, you know, I'm never going to amount to anything, and you have, it forms an imagination, a stronghold on the inside of you that has to be broken. You can't go anywhere in your physical body that you haven't already been in your imagination. It's similar to being in a mine or in a cave underground. You can't just walk through dirt and rock. You have to dig that out and hollow out a space and remove that and then go enter into that. You can't go anywhere in your mind, or let me rephrase that, you can't go anywhere in your body that you haven't already been in your, been in your mind, specifically in your imagination. And if you've been told that you just can't ever prosper in this realm, that, you know, you're a dud, you're, um, I don't know, you know, all of the different things. Like my mother, uh, not long before she died, this was back in 2009, and I was visiting with my mother and my kids were there, and I forgot how it came up. But anyway, we were talking about my brother who had this IQ that was up there along with Einstein. He was just a genius. And um, anyway... Uh, I said something about my IQ being 88, and uh, which is, I think, two points above an idiot. And when I said that, my mother said, well, that's not true. And I said, well, when I was a kid, you know, we were talking about my brother's IQ. He'd, my mother was a teacher, and so she had access to our uh, tests that we took and things like this. And anyway, she was talking about my brother had this genius IQ. And I said, so what's my IQ? And she says, oh, you're 88, just two points above an idiot. And, and did you know, she, she apparently was joking. When she heard me say this not long before she died, she says, well, that wasn't true. I, she says, I never said that. And I said, I know you said it. I remember this. I grew up my whole life thinking I was just two points above an idiot. And she says, well, I must have been joking. But my point, you know, it didn't, it didn't damage me in the sense I, I knew, I, I don't know, it didn't bother me that much. Uh, I always made A's and B's. Very, very seldom would I ever make a C. And I never studied. I never took stuff home. So I could have been, you know, straight A student. I just didn't want to put the effort into it. So it didn't, it didn't cramp me. It didn't wound me or something like that. I don't know why. I guess I didn't take it serious. But nonetheless, it's something I believed my whole life until about 10 years ago that I just had a low IQ. And you know what? There's people 
that say things like this. Sometimes parents will sit there and get mad or frustrated, and you're never going to amount to anything. You'll always fail. And sometimes kids take that, and it paints this image on the inside of them that becomes like a ceiling. They can't go above it. And whether you realize it or not, every person watching this program, you have an image on the inside of you of who you are and what you can do, how far you can go, how high you can ascend. You have this image, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, it's like a governor on a car. You can put a governor, a limiter, on a car, and a car just, even though it might could go 120 miles an hour, if you set the governor at 70 miles an hour, it won't go above that. It'll start shutting down. And there's some of you that you have unlimited potential. God has a greater purpose for your life than what you've ever experienced, but in your imagination, it's like a limiter, and you just can't seem to go above it. You just, you just don't think that people love you. You don't think that you could be accepted, and you find some way to basically ruin every relationship. Not because you really want that, but that's just the way that you see yourself. You just know that it's going to fail, and so you wind up messing things up. You do the same thing. You know, there's people in business that you have potential, that you could prosper much, much more than you are, but you don't see yourself as the boss. You don't see yourself in a management position. You have always seen yourself in a certain way. And for you to change your experience, you've got to change the way that you see yourself. You've got to change your imagination. You know, to a large degree, Christians have become people that are into behavior modification, but they don't change their heart. And yet the Bible says that as you think in your heart, that's the way that you are. The way to change your outside experience isn't to just pray and say, oh God, heal my body. Oh God, prosper me. Give me a better job. Do all of these things. You're wasting your time. Forgive me for being blunt but you're wasting your time just asking God to do something external outside of you, and you want Him to just rain healing, rain prosperity down, and somehow or another change your situation. That's not how it happens. God doesn't come from the outside in. He comes from the inside and flows out of you. And if you want to see your circumstances change, then what you need to do is to take the Word of God and paint a different picture on the inside. You need to see yourself doing what God called you to do. You know, last week I gave a testimony how that in 2002, the Lord spoke to me from Psalm chapter 78, verse 41, and told me that I was limiting Him by my small thinking. And so what I began to do, I knew that eventually God wanted me to reach people worldwide. At that time, we were only reaching people in the United States. And I think we might have had some overseas outreach, but very, very little. And I had just not seen myself reaching people all over the world. I knew that that eventually was what God wanted me to do, but I hadn't, I hadn't allowed myself to think that way. And there's multiple reasons for this. One of them is that, you know, if you are sitting here speaking forth your vision and you got this big, big vision, and yet there's nothing in the natural to confirm that, there's nothing that looks like that's coming to pass, then when you start speaking forth this vision, 
the criticism that you get from people, it's like pouring cold water on you. And I remember I used to speak my vision a long time ago and people would look at where I was and I mean, people were staying away from my meetings by the thousands. And here I was speaking that God was going to use me to touch people all over the world. And I just got so much criticism that it's kind of like bending over and petting a dog. And if every time you try and pet that dog, if it bites you, you're eventually going to quit petting that dog. And every time I would give my vision, people would criticize me. And sometimes it wasn't just total rejection or negative things. Sometimes people who loved you would look at you with this pitiful look like, well, God bless your heart. And you, you could tell that they didn't, they didn't believe a thing you were saying was coming to pass. And anyway, rejection comes in all different sizes and forms. But if you just constantly get rejected over a period of time, you quit dreaming. You quit speaking your vision because of the rejection. Most people would rather be accepted than they would rather be effective. Most people will take just staying with the crowd and having people like you rather than saying something that other people might reject you over and think that you're foolish for thinking such a thing. So that was one reason that I wasn't dreaming big is because every time I dreamed and, and said anything about it, I got a lot of criticism. Also, you know, there, it's part laziness because you can just reach a level to where everything is fine. You don't have any crisis in your life. But if you start going for it, I guarantee you, God is a big God. God's plans for you are bigger than your plans for yourself could ever be. God wants to draw you into a place to where it takes the supernatural power of God to make things succeed. And so if you start really opening up and dreaming big, God is going to stretch you. God is going to pull you beyond yourself. He's going to get you out on a limb. That's where the fruit grows. Most of us like the stability of hugging the trunk. We don't want to be out on a limb where you're blowing in the breeze and, you know, things are a little shaky out there. We want the stability of just being a trunk hugger, but it's out on the limb where the fruit grows and God is going to pull you and stretch you. And so part of my reason for not dreaming big and not using my imagination was because I was just content where I was. I was, it was easy. It was lazy. I didn't want to stretch myself. Did you know over the last less than seven years, it's been about six and a half years, we have spent over $75 million on buildings right here in Woodland Park, Colorado, because God stretched me and told me it was time to take the limits off and I need to start opening up. We need to start making disciples and training people. We needed facilities to do that. And so we've been building all of these buildings. 75 million in less than seven years. That's over uh, $10 million a year that I've been spending. And this is above my normal television and radio bills, uh, staff, materials, on and on it goes. Did you know it's, it stretched me and it stretched my staff. I guarantee you, you could ask some of my senior management, and Ben, when I start doing things, they immediately start thinking, oh no, here we go again. It's been stretching us. And there's a lot of people that they don't use their imagination because they're lazy and they want to take the easy way out and they don't want to stretch themselves. I can guarantee you God is going to stretch you. God's plans for you 
are bigger than what you're thinking. I often tell people that if your dreams and visions don't wake you up at night, you're dreaming too small. If, if your goals are things that you could accomplish on your own based on your talents, based on your education, based on your financial ability, if there are things that you can do without God, then I don't think you've found God's will for your life. God is going to call you to do something that is beyond yourself. You know, with me, I was an introvert. I couldn't look at a person in the face and talk to them. To stand in front of people, to be on television right now, we have over 4 billion people that can watch this program today. Not that many watch, but that is the potential. And for me to do this, this is way out of my comfort zone. This is totally stretching me and pulling me beyond. I guarantee when I first started ministering, it was, it was traumatic because I was doing things that I didn't want to do. I've actually read reports that they say public speaking, people dread that more than they dread death. And we've had people quit our school because in the second year you have to do public speaking. And they would come for the first year, but they wouldn't come for the second year because they dreaded it so much. There's many people that feel like I did. But you know what? God pulled me out of that comfort area. And I had to start seeing and imagining myself do things that were completely, completely against my nature, completely against all of my experience. You know, I've, I've been through a lot of poverty, most of it self-inflicted because of wrong teaching and doctrine, but nonetheless, I've been through a lot of poverty. And to see myself spending $75 million in six and a half years above my normal income. This is extra, just on buildings and stuff. That was way out of normal for me. I had to change the way I saw myself. I had to start doing things differently. You know, I remember one of the first times that I ever went out to an expensive restaurant and it was like pulling teeth. Like, why would I spend this much money on food that I'm going to eat in 10 minutes and it'll be over with? I had a poverty attitude. Now, again, there's a balance. I'm not talking about going out and just being wasteful and wasting money, but nonetheless, I could not buy a good meal because I just didn't see myself as that kind of person. And it was hard for me. But you know what? I've gotten to where now I can go out and I can spend money on an expensive meal. I don't do it often because I don't think that's always necessary or the best being a steward. But nonetheless, I've broken free from this poverty mentality. Instead of buying the cheapest thing so that it breaks down and I have to wind up buying another cheap thing, it's sometimes better to go buy something that's quality and it'll last longer. And in the long run, that's a better value. I had to change the whole way that I sought things. I had to change this imagination on the inside. You can't prosper if you don't see yourself prosperous. You can't be healed if you don't see yourself healed. You can't have a good relationship if you don't see yourself having a good relationship. If you think that nobody loves you and that you just, nobody values you, it's going to wind up coming across in your relationships and it will destroy relationships. I'm telling you, so many people are wanting this result. They're praying for this over here, but, but they aren't going to change the way they see themselves. If you want transformation 
IT COMES BY THE RENEWING OF YOUR MIND. ROMANS CHAPTER 12, VERSE 2 SAYS, DON'T BE CONFORMED TO THIS WORLD. AND THAT WORD CONFORM THERE IS THE WORD POURED INTO THE MOLD OF. DON'T BE POURED INTO THE MOLD. DON'T LET THIS LIFE MELT YOU AND JUST CONFORM TO THE WAY THAT EVERYBODY ELSE IS. BUT BE TRANSFORMED. HOW DO YOU GET TRANSFORMED? THIS WORD TRANSFORMED IS THE GREEK WORD METAMORPHO. IT'S THE WORD WE GET METAMORPHOSIS FROM, WHERE A LITTLE CATERPILLAR SPINS A COCOON AND THEN COMES OUT A BUTTERFLY. YOU CAN COME FROM SOMETHING THAT IS EARTHBOUND TO SOMETHING THAT CAN FLY AND THAT IS BEAUTIFUL. IF YOU WANT THAT TRANSFORMATION, HOW DOES IT HAPPEN? BY THE RENEWING OF YOUR MIND. AND SPECIFICALLY, I'VE BEEN TALKING ABOUT YOUR IMAGINATION. YOU'VE GOT TO CHANGE THE WAY YOU SEE YOURSELF. YOU'VE GOT TO see, CHANGE THE WAY YOU SEE GOD USING YOU. YOU'VE GOT TO CHANGE THE IMAGE OF WHAT YOU CAN DO THROUGH GOD. AND THAT COMES THROUGH GLORIFYING GOD, PUTTING A WORTH AND A VALUE ON GOD GREATER THAN WHAT SOME PERSON HAS CURSED YOU WITH, GREATER THAN THE NEGATIVE EXPERIENCES THAT YOU'VE HAD, GREATER THAN ANY FAILED TEST SCORES OR WHATEVER IT IS THAT YOU'RE FIGHTING. YOU'VE GOT TO PUT WORTH AND VALUE ON GOD, AND NOT ONLY GOD OUT THERE SOMEPLACE, BUT GOD IN YOU, THE HOPE OF GLORY. YOU'VE GOT TO START SEEING YOURSELF IN CHRIST AND THAT I CAN DO ALL THINGS THROUGH CHRIST WHO STRENGTHENS ME. YOU'VE GOT TO CHANGE THAT IMAGE ON THE INSIDE AND NOT JUST MAKE IT SOME FACT OVER HERE THAT IS FAR OFF, BUT YOU'VE GOT TO SEE YOURSELF DOING IT. YOU KNOW, WHEN I STARTED SEEING IN THE WORD, JOHN 14, 12, JESUS SAID, VERILY, VERILY, I SAY UNTO YOU, HE THAT BELIEVETH ON ME, THE WORKS THAT I DO SHALL HE DO ALSO, AND GREATER WORKS THAN THESE SHALL HE DO, BECAUSE I GO UNTO MY FATHER. I SAW THAT, AND I SAID, FATHER, I HAVEN'T SEEN THOSE WORKS YET. FORGET THE GREATER WORKS FOR A MOMENT. I HADN'T SEEN THE DEAD RAISED, THE BLIND EYES OPEN. I HADN'T SEEN THESE THINGS HAPPEN. AND YET YOU SAID I WOULD IF I BELIEVED. SO YOU KNOW WHAT I DID? I STARTED TAKING THE SCRIPTURES WHERE JESUS DID THINGS, AND I NOT ONLY SAW JESUS DO IT, BUT I SAW MYSELF DO IT. I SAW MYSELF RAISING PEOPLE FROM THE DEAD. AND I WENT FOR A PERIOD OF TIME WHERE EVERY NIGHT I WOULD DREAM AND SEE A DOZEN PEOPLE OR TWO DOZEN PEOPLE RAISED FROM THE DEAD EVERY SINGLE NIGHT IN MY DREAMS. YOU KNOW WHAT? I WAS MEDITATING AND NOT ONLY SEEING JESUS CALL LAZARUS FORTH, BUT I SAW MYSELF STAND THERE AND RAISE LAZARUS FROM THE DEAD. AND IT WASN'T LONG AFTER I STARTED GLORIFYING GOD AND THANKING HIM FOR HIS PROMISE TO ME THAT I STARTED SEEING MYSELF DO IT. AND DID YOU KNOW THEN I SAW PEOPLE RAISED FROM THE DEAD, INCLUDING MY OWN SON. I'VE SEEN GREAT MIRACLES HAPPEN, BUT IT HAPPENED BECAUSE I WENT THERE FIRST OF ALL IN MY IMAGINATION. WE HOPE YOU WERE BLESSED BY TODAY'S EPISODE OF THE GOSPEL TRUTH. ANDREW AND JAMIE WISH TO SHARE THEIR SINCERE GRATITUDE FOR ALL THE GRACE PARTNERS OF ANDREW WOMACK MINISTRIES. YOUR GENEROUS PARTNERSHIP ENABLES US TO TAKE THE GOSPEL, THE NEARLY TOO GOOD TO BE TRUE NEWS, TO THE ENDS OF THE EARTH. MAY GOD RICHLY BLESS YOU FOR YOUR FAITHFULNESS. IF YOU'RE NOT ALREADY PARTNERING WITH ANDREW WOMACK MINISTRIES, WE ENCOURAGE YOU TO JOIN US IN THIS GREAT HARVEST TODAY. I'D LIKE TO REMIND YOU ONCE AGAIN TO PLEASE GET THESE MATERIALS. I'VE GOT THIS BOOK AND I'VE GOT A STUDY GUIDE WHICH IS THE SAME MATERIAL. IT'S JUST REFORMATTED SO THAT YOU CAN DISCIPLE OTHER PEOPLE. AND THEN WE HAVE CD'S AND DVD'S. AND THIS TEACHING ON STAYING FULL OF GOD IS POWERFUL. 
We offer this and have a suggested donation, but if you don't have the money, go ahead and request it. Send what you can, and my partners will enable me to go ahead and make this material available to you. Andrew's complete series titled Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God is available in either a CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. This teaching is also available in book form, or you can get it in a companion study guide which will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for Bible studies, home groups, and Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Or if you prefer, these products are available as part of the Discover the Keys package. This package includes the book, the companion study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $80, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for a gift of $55. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. This is the last day we'll be offering this teaching, so be sure to respond today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. I'd like to invite you to come and join me this summer for our Summer Family Bible Conference. It's July the 1st through the 5th and we are going to have a lot of different speakers. We have a youth ministry. It will bless you. It will encourage you and entertain you, and it's just going to be a great time for the entire family. Remember, it's July the 1st through the 5th, 2019, at our facilities in Woodland Park, Colorado. Did you know that God created you for great things? He's placed His power and purpose inside you and He wants to do more in your life than you can think or imagine. At Karis, get immersed in the Word of God and walk in power and purpose for a lifetime. It is one of the best decisions you can ever make coming to Karis Bible College. It's taught me what relationship with God looks like. It's helping me to get stronger so I can get ready for whatever God wants to do next. I wanted more of the Word of God in me. That's all I wanted, and I got so much more. I'm ready to take on the world. You have an amazing purpose, and it's time to step into the life God created you to live. A disciple is a person who continues in the Word until it sets them free. Karis Bible College. Change your life. Change the world. I'd like to give you a special invitation to join me on July the 18th through the 20th. I've joined together with E.W. Jackson, who's just an awesome minister. We've become really good friends, and he and I are hosting a conference called STAND. It'll be held at our facility here in Woodland Park 
and it's going to be a tremendous time. And together we are going to stand up for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This will be talking about your personal life, but also about how we can take a stand in this culture and make a difference. So check it out July the 18th through the 20th at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park. We're excited to host the Kingdom Youth Conference here at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park, Colorado. Come and join Todd White, Joseph Z, Ryan Edberg, and Andrew Womack, August 2nd through the 3rd for this power-packed youth conference. 